And in order to keep our broadcasting license, we devote Sunday night dead time to public service shows of limited appeal. And so you're like, yeah, I gotta be, I gotta be rough. I gotta be, I gotta pinch the nipples a bit and slap some ass. <laughs> All right, this sounds like it's gonna be fun. <laughs> it's gonna be a great year. <laughs> Let's go. An all new episode of the Talk In Audio Podcast as we kickstart another week in beautiful Bytown, Canada. My name's Matt Robinson. Rob Christie across the table. What's happening today, man? I am so excited, Matt, to be back. He just can't hide it. it I, I, I'm so excited. Yeah, you got it, man. That's, it makes me think like I got to move from that right into a little Pointer Sisters, right into a little flash dance by Irene Cara. Got the shirt over my shoulder. Yeah, please don't. Okay. <laughs> Uh, yeah, man. It's awesome. It's awesome. It's a beautiful day. Enjoying a little pint out on the back 40 yeah. of Casa del Robinson. <laughs> yeah, it's good, man. I'm, I'm, I'm super excited. I am freshly vaccinated. Joint- How's the arm? Little dead arm? Nope. Just a little, yeah. Go a little, home and hit the perfect stranger. A little sore there. Yeah. No, there'll, <laughs> there'll be no double Dutch ruddering today, Matt, just so you know. <laughs> Um, yeah, I've joined the other, yes. (laughs) All right. What are we even doing? I guess I guess there's something else I got to be figuring out what's happening after. Um, I've joined the other 15% of the adult population and got my fourth shot. Nice. So I've got the, uh, the bivalent. Yeah. It's a weird word. Yeah. I don't know, man. I don't even know the the Pfizer one anyway. So yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm checking for the tail and the little fin that I should be sprouting out anytime soon. Got the 5G implant updated. Ready to go. Software version implanted. My, my, uh, my Mandarin has improved 100%. (laughs) (laughs) I'm fine, Matt. How about you? Yeah. You know what? Good, man. Uh, doing good. Got my, uh, I don't know. It was a couple weeks ago now. They hit me with my, my fifth shot. Oh, I'm one of the exclusive, uh, oh, look at that. exclusive few who got in for, for that so far. Uh, so that's what's going on here, I guess. Uh, otherwise we've missed you, man. I haven't had you here in studio for a couple of weeks just before Thanksgiving, I guess was the Jays. Was we the did that little time. special, uh, that's true. You were on at Thanksgiving on the yeah, phone, but, but I been have in not been in Yeah, and I like it. It makes more, it makes my Sunday afternoon yeah. really a couple pints, throw up some bullshit around. Right. Uh, before we throw some bullshit around, you can catch our online bullshit at Talkan Audio on Twitter and Instagram. So give us a follow there. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast wherever you're hearing us right now. What'd you just crack into there? Uh, you know what? It's something I've been waiting for and uh, one of my many excursions in the summertime, getting out and hitting some breweries that I haven't hit. This is the Bud Buster IPA <laughs> from Perth. I've never had anything from Perth, but I was out doing a little brunch with my aunt who has recently moved out there and, um, thought I'd swing by and grab a couple things. And so this is the Bud Buster comes in at 6.5. I love the Perth Brewing for their label and I, everyone else talks about the labels. I don't really give a shit, (laughs) but this has got the nice thistle, right? And as somebody with Scottish ancestry on both sides of my family, I, I go in for the thistle. I, I, I've toyed with the idea of getting a thistle tattoo, but you know, that area of up the valley, full of fiery Scots, get her done. So yeah, that's what I'm, that's what I'm drinking today. The, uh, I don't know if you'll remember back to an earlier episode, the, uh, what do you call it? The Bud Buster? Bud Buster. Comes right after the, uh, 
buddy baiting and bro jobs, I believe. Was yes, yes. <laughs> well, I, and, and this is also before No Nut November, so right. um, <laughs> which is kind of what it makes me think of. I don't know why. Yeah. I'm sorry if I put any untoward thoughts in anybody's mind. Bud Buster. Uh, the Perth Brewery, uh, they make something, uh, it's a bonfire black lager that I've had a bunch of times. I like it quite a bit. I actually just had it, I think, on the pod earlier this week, maybe, um, or before or after a show earlier this week. I did enjoy it earlier I this week. I drank it. Yeah. I loved it. Mm-hmm. Whether you got people got to hear me enjoy it or not, uh, I can't recall, but uh, also shares a parking lot with a Wendy's and uh, that is a handy little stop on the way down to the cottage or, or whatever. Stop, right. grab a burger, and right six on, or 12 Right on seven, and, yeah. yeah. Well, and the day I was in, it was pouring, okay. like coming down buckets from, from like the car to the door. I was like drenched. <laughs> a really good stout. <laughs> I can't remember. worth it. Yeah, I can't remember what it was. Oh, they do make a nice stout, yeah. That was in the calendar last year, I think. Yeah. The old man and I stopped and picked up 12 more on the way home for Christmas. And then uh, I also grabbed a Rattler from them, which was nice because it, it was juicy, but it also had that heavy beer undertone, which you don't always get with a Rattler, right? Right, right, right. So to me, the, the three things I've had, this is, um, I'm not getting it as, it's, it's just an IPA. It's, it's, it's kind of a little, it's a little bitter, a little hoppy, mm-hmm. okay. but uh, we'll see how it goes, but I'm, I'm loving it. Uh, I'm back into the Vimy Brewing Company, who've been a little neglected here lately. Uh, normally, or often, when uh, the keg fridge gets filled, it's their stout that uh, ends up here. But uh, found mm. a couple things that I either haven't had in a long time or have never had. This is, uh, well, there's going to be two Vimys we have during this show, but uh, this one is their pale ale. I'm not sure I've had that before. I've, I really like the stout as we've talked about. I really like their red as we've talked about. And I might've had the cream ale before. I can't recall, but this is pale ale. It's new to me. Uh, so we'll see what that's all about. 5%, um, as we've talked about before on the show, a pale ale leaves a lot of room for interpretation. So we'll see what they got going on. Right. What have you thrown in the front of it? What, you know, you go pale ale makes me think of Alexander Keith's. Not sure why that is, but there yeah. it is. And to me, pale ale is kind of like, um, it's the ale version of a, just a generic lager. Yeah. Well, this one in particular (laughs) is, uh, foaming out the top all over me. So you would have thought strike one. (laughs) Yeah. So just, just prior to going on air. Yes. I knocked my beer over and I thought. Still closed. Ah, Christ. This is, it's going to foam up everywhere on me, but nope. Cracked it like a, like a champ and. No fizz. And then there's Matt's. Mine took no abuse at all. No knockover. And yeah, just cracked her open and just a, like a geyser. Man. Just a regular jiggling from the fridge to here. <laughs> I do a lot of that myself. <laughs> a lot of jiggling from the fridge back into, uh, into the studio. Uh, what have you been up to, man, since we saw you? It's been a few weeks. Uh, I know you've done a little traveling. I know we've had Thanksgiving. Uh, yeah. What's been going on in Rob's I killed world? it on the bird this year. Yeah. Totally did it upright. Nice. It, it all comes down to roasting it upside down. Right. Right. Let the dark. Got meet. a couple comments on that from listeners going, that's a good idea. I'm like, these must be new listeners. He's mentioned that strategy yeah. before. And yeah. And then you got to flip it about 45 minutes out, flip it so that the top gets a little, cause otherwise it looks just like pale grossness. Mm, sickly. So I, I like to tie it, keep the wings and everything in tight, mm-hmm. flip it. But the bird was awesome. Like very moist. Um, that was good. You have your bro in, I think you were saying. I did. Yeah. I did. And that ran, that ran incredibly smoothly. Nice. 
Not always the case. Not always the case. When the brothers, <laughs> when the brothers Christies are involved. Um, yeah, I took a tra- took, took a little travel on the train. Yeah. Now I got I have a question for you, okay. and maybe any of the listeners out there. Mm-hmm. As we progress in this, you know, largely cashless, right, society. So, I had somebody give me a hand going through Toronto with some luggage and stuff, and right. then I'm, and then I'm like. I feel like this is a spot where I should be like, how do I tip this person? Yeah, shooting you a five or, or something, right? And likewise, coming back in a cab, I'm like, it's 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 it was it was prepaid, mm. and then I'm like, ah. and I feel like a I feel like a douche. Yeah, and I just it's one of those things where no I went around that for you, but yeah, that's I'm always in the area. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, I just, I'm like, I don't know what to do. I'm like, hey, thanks, see ya. They say that's one of the things that we're struggling with the most with the service industry is they're being left behind a little on a lot of fronts. But yeah, that a lot of people now, it's just a tap on the card or, you know, a swipe of the phone or whatever, and you're off on your way. And the the opportunities, as you're saying, to, you know, a, an usher or whoever, right, at a theater or right. something like the place, you might just slide somebody five or 10 bucks. Yeah. It's gone. Right? Well, and for me with, with the, you know, getting my haircut, that's another place. Like right. it's understood at a bar, at a restaurant, you just like, Hey, throw it on the bill. Yeah. Throw it on top. Yeah. Or like I said, when I get my haircut, I don't even get it washed anymore. Right. It's a, it's a cut. It's not a. Yep. And so I just say, yeah, throw five bucks on. Yes. And then they just, but it's those moments where it's just a short interaction. And I'm like, ah, oh, man, maybe I need to carry cash, but I just, it was one of those things where. I didn't have it. And I'm like, because you, you become so out of the, the habit of well, half the places it. you go now are saying no cash, please. Like they won't even take it. Right. No, don't give us that. No. We don't take cash. <laughs> You're germy fucking. Yeah. All right. Well, guess what? <laughs> You're out. <laughs> and no you, soup for you. And you're over it. <laughs> yeah. Then, that's right. Then I'm saying, all right, well, I'll enjoy the rest of my trip. Um, but yeah, that's it. Okay. That's it. Right. A little travel, a little coaching, a little, uh, Thanksgiving and. A little pointing. Joe, a little pinting, but just really pining for my next time back in studio. Really of course, not. man. When I can bask in the glow of your effervescent personality. Uh, should give a shout out here to one of my oldest friends in the world, my buddy Miller, a father for the first time this Get week. Get out uh, of here. Yeah, I want to wish that guy Your well. life will never change, never be the same. You may never sleep for the next several years, certainly. Um, yeah, little boy. So, uh, he's a dad now for the first time. I know he listens to the show quite often. So shout out to him and his whole family. They're, uh, incredibly happy, obviously. Everybody's healthy. Everybody's happy. So. Well, and uh, if I could give you a little tip as a, you know. Experienced father. Two time. Two time. (laughs) Um, yeah. Spend as much time as you can with a newborn. Really do it. it. It'll, it'll, um. Reap you large rewards as you move forward, right? In terms of bonding with a child, and and it's really as as involved as you can be. Do it, and it's never enough. And coaching and all those things, super rewarding, and some of the best memories I have, right? Is when my kids are young, and and sometimes as a parent, you wish those days were gone because they're early mornings. There's a bunch of shit. Yeah, but. Uh, yeah. Once they're gone, they're gone. And they and they go like that, yeah. right? The kid gets to be 12 and they're like, beat it. <laughs> so good for you, Miller, and congratulations, but hands on, 
hands-on as much as possible. Uh, we got lots to get to today, man. Um, we're going to save uh, the UFC until the end. I know not everybody's into that, so uh, give some reaction to what happened at a uh, very interesting UFC 280 card towards the end of the show. But lots of hockey. You're the one who's been away for a bit. Where do you want to start, man? Oh, man. it's and The it's, floor uh, is yours. Well, first of all, it's funny because prior to coming over here, I still have a little Blue Jays PTSD. <laughs> It's, Flipping around, looking yeah, for some baseball. Well, and I'm just, due to the heavy involvement and daily sort of intake, and then, and then it's gone. Yeah. Like, I hear nothing. I, I I don't, I haven't sought it out. You see on Saturday. No. The Padres and, uh, oh, okay, sorry. and Phillies. Um, the two starters get a combined two outs. Neither one of them survived the first inning. I have, My goodness. I have watched... Uh, virtually no baseball. Yeah. And you said on Thanksgiving weekend, once the Jays were out, you would be largely out as well. But, um, well, I feel like you don't see that every day. No, but I feel like you feel, I think in most Springs when the Leafs get smashed in the first round. I do. I take a break. Yeah. Yeah. That you just sort of go, you know what? I have, I don't have the commitment level to it and I don't care. I really, it's, it's so weird. I am ambivalent on most occasions about postseason baseball that does not involve the Blue Jays. Right. But it's like this year, it's like they owe me something. <laughs> like, fuck you, man. I, I I just couldn't care less. Well, we've talked a little about it with this new format in the playoffs. And it wouldn't have been different if you'd ended up in the one game playoff round. But you play 162 games. Yeah. Two losses later and it's just, see ya. And yeah. I don't know, even an ALDS is still just the best three of five. But people forget in 2015, the Jays lost the first two games of the ALTS yeah. to Texas and then had to win three in a row coming back to set up that, uh, the bat flip home run. But Look at you, Rugnan. Yeah. Who's still out there. Still getting booed by Jays yeah, fans. Exactly. Even in Baltimore. Love it. Yeah. So it, I think part of that leaves a bit of a stale taste in your mouth. Like what? And I, I you know, it is a balance that we're going to have to find or I'm seeing more and more people slightly different than me. I, I've kind of said on a few different occasions this year about a few different sports, it feels like the Europeans kind of have this figured out that winning the season should be worth more than it is over here. And then this separate tournament is also worth something, right? Like we don't care in hockey who wins the president's trophy. It's actually something that typically gets laughed at. Um, and it's actually like an anchor around your ankle. Right. Or the, the Dodgers are clearly the best team over 162 games and same thing as what happened to the Jays, just two, three games, out you go. Right? It warms my heart though, really. I guess so, but it just, it's hard to square a little bit because of the nature of baseball being every day that it can be over just that fast. And like, even if it was a best four or seven, you'd still go, ah, after 162 yep. games, I don't know how I feel, but that's just what we're more used to, right? And just to have just two days where you lose and you're just like, all right, well, that was fine. We'll see you in April, I guess. But I find myself angry about it right yeah. now a bit. Yeah. And angry with the Blue Jays. Right. And uh, and I don't know what's going to have to happen in April for me to feel the same way. Like, I, I'm, I'm sure in the next four or five months. This is another way that you're joining Matt and yeah, the way he is treats that, the Leafs. Is, is that you guys, back and you guys have bruised my heart. I opened my heart to you. <laughs> and even though I said on this podcast about a month ago, feels like heartbreak. Yeah. Right? And it turns out. Spot on, <laughs> but you still, you may know it's coming. You may feel it, but you're like, I don't want it. I want this to work. I want you and I to work. <laughs> and now it's not. And it's I'm on over. my own. Right. 
Uh, it makes it's almost as sad as a <laughs> as a Taylor Swift album. Oh Christ, Matt! Did it? Did did? Would you say this week's Taylor Swift drop <sighs> outstanding or fantastic? Which word would you use to describe Midnight? Um, could I could I get take two words and say <laughs> fucking horrible? And I've heard it. <laughs> and to me, it's. If this was back in the vinyl CD tape days, you'd say that's a money grab because. It felt a lot like the last, uh, the, the not that, cause she's, we've talked about this. She's done a re-release of a couple of her old albums. And good for her. That's yeah. a score for her. Yeah. This one felt like a repeat of the last original one. And it's kind of droning at times. There was one or two good songs. I liked the song Antihero. I thought that was okay. I, see, I didn't like that at all. But the rest of it. Yeah. It was just kind of like. I, I, I don't know. I got, I get caught up in these things, man. Everybody was excited and I don't hate Taylor. I've talked about that before, oh, yeah, yeah. On the, but when that album, um, the next morning I put it on, I was just like, this sounds pretty the same a all the way through itself and yeah. as the last major release. Well, and, and the thing is I am not a Taylor Swift fan, yeah. right? She speaks to the, to the teenage girl yes. hugely. But you know, there's repu- there's <laughs> reputation, there's shake it off, there's blank space, there's love story or song, whatever that was. Yep. And, and but some of the stuff has got some catchy. You know, I'm not a Taylor Swift fan. Or if I was the man, I love that. That's a great message, right? If I was the man, I'd be the man. And <laughs> and and I get it because she is the man. Yeah. And this to me just seemed like a pile of B-sides released on, on one album. Cause I have, there's a 14 year old girl in the house yeah. and she was like, can Did I stay up till midnight? Oh, no, she's, she was all in. She's all in. And she's like, oh, and I love this maroon. And I'm like, oh, and we listened to lavender haze and I'm just like, man, this, this sucks. Um, you know, Faisal Kamisa from Sportsnet. Yep. So the next day he's doing the, uh, the Sportsnet highlights and he says at the beginning, I'm going to find a way to work in every track title throughout the highlights and so it's just little things oh there's the purple haze of those new LA Kings reverse retros and there's the you know different um, not since the Montreal Maroons one of the Houston Astros is like they're used to being the anti-hero he worked it we'll share it in the hour here I thought we were celebrating Taylor Swift's release we can do both Alex Bregman was once baseball's anti-hero now he's just playing hero for Houston Leafs win 3-2 and Nick you're on your own kid post game El Trafico tied at two on the stroke of midnight Christian Arango call it midnight rain bangs home the winner in tight going on some vigilante stuff here landing a few punches on the big guy Devils Islanders Damon Severson beautiful stretch pass through the labyrinth to Jack Hughes like reverse karma when you say this that and then they do it second pick missing all 11 of his field goal call that a sweet nothing Robertson, the mastermind in OT, doing it on both ends. Did a nice job. Yeah, that, that sounds like but it, it catches on, right? Like even obviously it does speak to women and young women more than anything. But Taylor's one of those artists now that's reached a certain level that when she does something, everybody notices, right? And, and you know, it's a big deal for a few days. So, but I'm with you. I, I didn't love this one as much as, as some of her other stuff. Well, and, and that, you know, it's the, the songs that start with the... It's sort of a little jazzy with the boom. Yes. Which was almost all of them. Yeah. And you're like, come on, man. It sounds like every other thing you've done, except for without the personality. (laughs) That's true. Now. Like droning is the way I would describe a lot of this album. It was just done, done. Yeah. And you know what? You're not selling me. That's fine. 50 year old man. Right. You're not the one that Taylor Swift is is marketing to. 
So I don't care. Yeah, I listened to the album. We were in a car going someplace. And so I listened to it. Yep. And I said nothing. Because it's not for me. No. Right? And and I know what it's like that you're like, this this means something to me. <laughs> and I'm holding my heart right now. <clears throat> and so, yeah. Okay, so it's, it's, it's not meant for me. So I don't like it. Shut up, old man. Who cares? <laughs> Nobody cares. Yeah. The, I didn't stay up waiting for it, obviously. I put it on the next morning when I saw everybody on Twitter talking about it and texted my friend Jill and said, I'm feeling like a bit of a basic bitch sitting here listening to, she replied and she's like, me too, with three exclamation marks. Which so. is an upgrade from the baby bitch that you normally go with. Well, I guess as we pull things back around from, uh, from Tay-Tay, uh, the Jays did announce that uh, they're bringing John Schneider back three years. Good call. Yeah, I was going to ask, like, I don't think anybody's shocked. You, you good with that? Is it- Couple, you know what? I think he pulled... Or pushed all the right buttons, pulled all the right triggers is what I was going to say. But, yeah. uh, except for uh, that one game up until the, up until when it counted. Yep. Right. And there was probably two glaring mistakes in that. And that's not just hindsight. Nope. Um, but yeah, I, I think this is a guy who has one of the minor league levels with the this core group. of the squad. Yep. And, um, I like his, he seems to be able to walk the line between being hard ass and put an arm around you mm-hmm. and comfort you. Right. And I think that's hard but crucial with today's athlete. So no, I like, I like the call. Yeah. I I don't think, I think there was a few questions during Ross Adkins press conference where he's like, well, we'll go through our, which I guess was the only thing he could say unless he was willing to announce it that day. And, um, but yeah, I don't, I don't think anyone was surprised that this is where they were going to go. And, you know, if you, if you don't do it, you know, who's out there that's better, that knows right. your guys, unless there's a slam dunk. Um, this was probably always the way to go. Well, and you saw a couple of Schneider jerseys in the crowd. In yeah, the, that was weird. That is those, weird. His kids probably. Yeah, well, it doesn't matter. He even said, he's like, yeah, that's weird, man. Yeah, yeah. He, he's like, I, I saw a couple of those and you're like, wow, that's maybe a Cito Gaston. I'd go with an old school Cito nice. Gaston, maybe. I'm a, as long, I'm a Gibby guy. I think as long as I can wear the starter jacket with the white one white sleeve and the rest is blue. The, uh, the Todd Stottlemyre. Yeah, uh, for sure. Bloody, <laughs> bloody chin. Yeah. Yeah, of course, man. Um, look, there's uh, a few places we could move to when it comes to hockey. The Sens stumble out of the gate before catching fire at home. The, uh, Leafs apparently implode, then unimplode. The Habs have been fascinating to start. The Canucks have been hilarious to start. Where do you want to go here, man? Let's, let's start with, I want to start with the Senators. Okay. Um, and it's, it's so interesting because I I was texting you a week ago, Saturday, right? During Mm -hmm. the, during the Sens leave game, I was, I was outraged (laughs) by how some of that shit went down, right? Between the dump and chase style, between who you have out there in the final, you've now come back and tied a game Mm -hmm. with two minutes and change to go. And you're like. And so I was like, like a lot of centers fans, like totally off the handle, right? You're like, fire the coach. Yeah. Um, Partly because it's Toronto, right? And well, and it's, it's everything. That sucks. It ramps up the emotion of it and the. Right. And, and it doesn't matter how improved or not improved you thought that, and I mean the greater you. The general you. Thought the senators were going to be. The Leafs are a good team. Yep. Right. And the Leafs have been done. Allegedly. A, yeah. Well, but have and the Leafs have been done a huge favor by Matt Murray being hurt. Like 
at the end of the day, yeah, Samsonov was probably going to be the better goalie for them. Could be, yeah. But we'll get to that. Yeah. At the end of the day, I was outraged. And so as you wander into the home opener and the Bruins at that point are three and oh, yep. and you're like, what the fuck, man? Cause I was positive that those guys were in the toilet this year. At least for the first half. With, with no Martian, with no McAvoy, McAvoy with no Grizzly, and then Carlo was yep. out and you're like, all right. <laughs> Giddy up. But then what the hell is this? Yeah. And so, and then you had uh, Swayman and Nets for them that night, yep. who I believe shut Ottawa out back-to-back games last year. <laughs> and you're like, oh, okay, we're 0-2. You're rolling into They're the home opener the buzz a, a, against this team. That's, you're like, what is this? Ha-? I, I felt like, uh, yeah, I was channeling my inner Matt, who's like, every year proclaims the death of the Bruins and... They, they stay alive. They somehow <laughs> seem to, and now they're like, they don't just as of alive. recording, they're five and one right now. Yeah. Their only loss is to the centers in that home opener. Right. Uh, to me, it felt like, and, and, and I understand other fan bases probably want to look at, at, at the joy and bliss that, that occurred that <laughs> night. Right. Just with the, like they've reduced capacity to just a little over 1800. 18,000. Yep. Uh, 18,000, sorry, yes. 1,800 uh, was a that, couple years that ago. Would be, that, would be, <laughs> that would fill it with the, uh, you know, season ticket holders. Yeah. <laughs> it was trending that way for a while. <laughs> for sure it was. Um, but yeah, they had 19,800 in the building on that home opener. Well, last week, I don't know if you caught it. Uh, I know you wrote a town over, but Lloydy sat in for you on... Uh, for so the Monday I, morning so yeah, show. Pre, yeah. I saw that he was in pre-home opener. And he was even saying the same thing about... Being pretty fast and loose with the term sellout, right? Like reduce capacity, then proclaim yeah. sellout, right? But there was no question. This was a far better turnout than, than almost anything in the last. Well, they put 1500 standing room people in there. Right. And so. Which you wouldn't have had to do if you hadn't taken out oh, 2000 seats. No, it, it opened as an 18.5. All right. They then expanded it. Expanded, expanded it. it, it, it. In later years to be over 19 and you go, yes. oh, that seems like a mistake. Right. It was fine in the, in, in the, in the sort of 05 through 09 days, years. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, that's all right. We just get more people in here. And sure. you go, oh wait, 12,000 are showing up. <laughs> uh, yeah. Let's see what we can do. So anyways, watching it, I wasn't at the game. I, I would have been super interested, but yeah, it was, uh, it was a fair price. Right. Um, so I'm watching at home and, and. I can't remember a game, even in the playoffs, with the go sends go chance prior to puck drop. Like the place yeah. was fired up. Uh, then Alfie came out and did you get it right away? Because it seemed uh, like a lot of people didn't, man. See, and the thing is, in the afternoon, I was talking about it with a couple of people, and I'm like, if they were smart, they'd bring out the daughters with Alfie. Like right. to me, that would yep. be. You would, you would get the, you know, Eugene's that, daughters. That's, who, that's the pro wrestling move. When you're not sure your good guy's going to get cheered, yeah. you make sure he comes out with John Cena or with Hulk Hogan or, or gets Elizabeth. That, yeah, whatever. Gets that rub, right? Gets the, yep. come on, you're not going to really boo yeah, them now. Yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> exactly. And so, yeah, as soon as they went to Beautiful Day, it's, it's a no brainer. I caught it too, man. Even right. As soon as that music started after, after the anthem or just before the anthem, after the, uh, after the, matter. after when the anthem, you've yeah. heard those first couple of drum beats of being like, ah, there it is. Yep. Right. Like there he is. You got to know what that means. But it seemed like it was lost on a, a few people uh, until which, it really picked up. Which I'm, I, I, I can't imagine if, if you were a Sense fan or f- for real. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> and unlike the Habs who normally do it well yeah. 
And in their home opener, we're, we're having people walk in from Laval. Yeah. What are you doing there? The front office IT guys getting their parade. Yeah. <laughs> and you go in, and they announce them and then there's like a 45 second Holy wait till fuck. he gets on the ice. Um, yeah. The show of him in the, in, in the locker room and walking down and the place going bonkers. Yeah. And so to me, it had, it, you know, honestly, I was getting like. Getting all the feels. Feels big time. And, and for me, it's, it's like, it's one of those things where you go, I don't know why I'm, I'm getting the feels, <laughs> but it's, it's like that moment for you old school people, like in Rocky four at the end when he's like, I've seen change. I've changed. You've changed. <laughs> Everybody can change, right? It's this moment of the the owner maybe hates us and we maybe hate the owner and the product on the ice sucks. But it was this moment of Alfie was the bridge right. to this sort of new- The new world. Yeah. And, and and just, you come out and you score 40 seconds in and it's Claude Giroux and he's the- Couldn't the, have scripted that much better. You could not have. And, and you know, he got his wife and his kid there and his kid with the earmuffs. He's got the one finger yeah. up in the air like, <laughs> And it was just, yeah, it was so good. It was such an, a feel good Senator's story. And I get it. How other, fa- other fan bases look at and go- Act like you've been here. But we haven't. It's been a while. For sure we haven't. <laughs> and it's been tumultuous. It's yeah. been. No, I understood. I watched that whole game as well. Thinking I got to see how this goes. Are they going to fall flat on their face? Which in previous years is exactly what this franchise would have done. But the crowd's going crazy. Uh, as you say, Giroux comes out and scores early. You score again to make it 2 nothing. Then it becomes a bit of a fucking roller coaster in terms of the back and forth. But it creates, it keeps that atmosphere going. Even our buddy there, uh, Alex Marshan, sends DJ, was hitting every note perfectly, right? Even in the three stars afterwards, it's it's Mr. Brightside by the Killers when Brady comes out for uh, yep. to take his lap. And um, I forget what Stutzler's was, but, uh, you know. Stutzler came out to John Cena's music. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, it it was a... It couldn't have gone any better for the franchise for that one night. And you forget... And it really doesn't matter. An 0-2 start is not, for any franchise, crippling to your season. But for a franchise that has had bad starts and has had this big summer, it does start to creep in a little quicker where you're like, holy fuck, is this really going to be another? And they turn it all around in one night. Like, it it, it could not have gone off any better. A blow a three-goal lead. Yeah. <laughs> bl- almost blow another three-goal lead. <laughs> and then you still pull it out, right? Mm-hmm. And it's... It's goals, and, and, and I'm, I'm watching, I'm like, okay, come on, Forcey, we just need a, we need a Grant Fear moment here, sure. right? Like, if we're going to score seven... Uh, it's got to be enough, man. You gotta, you, it's got to be enough, right? And so, it was huge, it was such a good time, right? And, and we'll see, right? Like, no, yeah. They've gone on, that's a... Now, again, the, uh, the Bruins have gone on and won two more games after that. I, I'm yep. not sure what's happening there. Uh, then they beat, they beat the Caps... Who are missing Wilson, Kuznetsov, Backstrom, Connor Brown. Yeah, Thursday, that second um, home game. Now, they yeah. dummied. They dummied the Caps in yeah. terms of possession, shots, all these sorts of things. And they win 5-2 with a couple empty netters. So it's mm-hmm. – and then, you know, they they show that they are clearly of a better class than the Coyotes. Hmm. I know it's hard What's for – What's that look like? It's hard for some of us in this province. Yeah. Um. But we're going to see, man. We have the, we have, uh, the uh, Dallas Stars in, I think, uh, tonight, Monday night. 
let me uh, take you back to Thursday against Dallas because this is Toronto. Uh, talking no, about? sorry, um, Washington. Yeah. Ottawa played on Thursday, so that's the second home game of the year, and all the excitement of night one, fourteen and change, is gone. Yeah, and, and the attendance was was fine. It's Thursday night in October against Washington. I I don't know what would have been a reasonable expectation, but the 17, vibe. I would have been happy with seventeen. Okay, you mentioned that maybe on night one. The daughters should have come out with Alfie. Yeah. And on Thursday, they come out on their own. And it's not quite as rowdy and rambunctious, even though by all accounts, like they've given the board permission to do everything this year. They should. Yeah. But it's a little uncomfortable. Everybody knows the relationship the fan base had with their dad. Um, But at the same time, these are just young women that are there, you know, as, as part of the ownership now. And they raise... Eugene Banner. Yeah. Uh, and then you're right. The Sens dominated that game, but did they not go down two nothing in yep. the first? Yep. And in the first period was, was atrocious. And I, I sent a tweet in response to a friend of the show, their JR over at TSN and said, somebody climbing up and taking that banner down at first intermission. And I took some shit people telling me that's a classless thing to say. And that's what I, but, but it, it just also speaks to a large portion of the fan base. No doubt. And it, that's it. The vibes, man, couldn't have been any different at that point than they were. Now, as you said, the Sens come back, they win it, everything's fine. But 20 minutes into game two, as you said, the attendance is a little lower. The opening ceremony didn't have the same vibe. We're trailing. We've hung up the banner for this guy we're not particularly fond of. I don't know. Man. Well, like, to me, that spell, like, that looked like, holy shit, this is PR-wise going to go off the rails again. I think when you come back and finish smoking Washington like they did, you avoid the the iceberg, but yeah. that, that was that was dangerous. And, well, and because it, there was already this idea of, well, what do you do for an encore? Yeah. Right? After this huge, and, and you've been in that building when we're walking out and Leaf fans are going, this is our house, sure or have. we, whatever it is that they like to chant, mm-hmm. and, and instead... Almost 20,000 people are leaving chanting, go sends go, right? In the corridors, in the, you know, just everywhere. On the Monday. It's this huge yep. feeling and you go, okay, what are we going to do now? Yep. And, and, and they had a chance and they did late last season to eulogize Melnick. Yep. yep. Right. To me, there was, you want to make this, this second game of, of your, of your home campaign. The new gen. You want to make it about the girls and the new board? To me, that's fine. That's fine. You do that. I don't need to hear the head of security for <laughs> Canadian Tire. Whatever. Like, I'm like, who is that guy? Yeah. And why am I hearing from him? Yeah. It it just seemed odd to make it so much about Eugene on that night when we've already done that last season. Yeah. Right? And so... Fans want desperately to turn the page. To turn the page. It was... To me, it was a it was a bit of a blunder, and it's not a classless thing. No, it's it's really just what it is. And part of the unmentioned thing people talk about, you know, the 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 turning of the corner, and we talked about it when he passed. That there were likely better things for the fan base, not because the, the man passed away, no, but because it was going to be this whole idea of. Eugene out billboards and stuff like that. Like, like the animosity, just 
Clear it all out. Let it go and move on to the daughters. Not to hear DJ Smith talk and Pierre Dorian talk about what a great man Eugene was. And yeah. maybe you feel that way and and it's great and all that's fine. But to me, it was a bit of a, a marketing misplay. Yeah, you're throwing it back to a less happy time. That's not a good idea. And well, especially when you have things ride now the wave, that you like. When you talk about, and, and to me, you emphasize the Melnick daughters, you emphasize the board, you emphasize the things that are happening, the now, Yep. the now we've done the past. We did the, you know, where the, the senators were in Philadelphia and, and they talked about, you know, uh, the NHL and the flyers would like to, you know, you know, pay respect, pay respect to Eugene yeah. Melnick, senator's owner. And, you know, the picture of huge goes up and. And that is, that's, that's deserving. Sure. All that stuff. But when the season ends and we turn the page, it's just to me is, it was odd and it was Kind of threw down an unnecessary speed bump here that you just didn't need to. Correct. And, and to me, what you say is, is exactly right. The, the Capitals, they scored two goals on a, you know, on what was a five on three that turned into a five on four, but Mm -hmm. the both goals came on the same power play. Right. Essentially. And other than that, they had no business in that game. No. And like the Sens come back, pull it out. And, and so all of this is, goes largely for naught, but it, it just seemed like an odd decision. And on, uh, on Saturday they come back and yeah, beat around the, uh, the coyotes. Um, and Nick Ritchie, you can only hope to contain Nick Ritchie course, on that, man. with his three power play goals. <laughs> What's that guy doing? It sounds like Friedman said a couple times now that talks have stalled or aren't going that well that Ottawa right now is not kind of in the mix for, for Chikrin after, I don't know, a summer where that name kept coming up. And I, I don't know about you. I, it just doesn't feel like the right fit anyway. Like it, it's better than nothing. It and you 100% can move Matt is not the right fit. No. To, to bring Especially in, at the cost that you're talking about. Well, and, and so what they're talking about is we need a top four defenseman. Yep. Chikrin. And his 20 goals from me, not last year, but the year before, had 20 goals as a defenseman. Yep. But he is a left shot defenseman, which already has Shabbat, Sanderson, Branstrom. Not that Chickering can't play, but you are asking him or somebody Somebody's else moving. Yep. to move over to the right side. And and we need somebody more like Severson from New Jersey or, yep. you know, Mackenzie Weger back in before, before that trade happened. You're yep. like, that's a pipe dream, maybe. Sure. But that's what we need. We need somebody who's going to sit in that second pair and and help Sanderson and and be stable. We don't need another sort of offensive left shot defenseman flipping over. <laughs> and especially now, now that you look at what's happening with the Leafs and Victor Mete is in there. And well, you look at now Ekblad in Florida down and you go, has the market just sort of ratcheted up as opposed to yeah. less? Yeah, no, Muzz looks like his season is in question for the well, Leafs. Well, if you listen to Mitch Marner, he would suggest that... <laughs> he may be dying. <laughs> for sure, man. <laughs> Brian's song. <laughs> but yeah, no, you're right. There's early on, there's defensemen going down around the league and yeah, the prices are only going up. And I, I just, yeah, to me, if I'm a Senators fan, I get it. This, the blue line is clearly the problem, but just grab any old guy. And I, I know he's a good guy, but just grab a good defenseman isn't the right approach here. If you're going to spend... By all accounts, it's going to cost you, you know, Pinto or, and I get why Sens fans wouldn't want to do that or why the Sens wouldn't want to do that, right? But you're talking about a first and a major prospect for Chikrin. And another piece. Yeah. Well, then it better be one that already fits and can play the right side and take care of Sanderson 
like support him or be a top pair guy with Shabbat or something like that. You don't just spend that kind of money to just because that shiny piece is out there. Right? But you live in this market. I know you're not a Sens fan, but yeah. you hear you, you sort of exist in this cesspool. <laughs> and how many, how many times have you heard people say, yeah, but maybe he's not the right fit. You don't hear it. No. You just hear people clamoring and I'm. Uh, it's, and it's hard to blame them. The momentum has been what it's been. It's been exciting. Let's just, we can get whoever we want, right? We were, we got rid of Matt Murray. We went and got Claude Giroux. We got to Brinkett. We've signed Stutzla. We and, bought out Colin White. And Norris long-term. Like everything's going well. Why wouldn't you feel like, ah, fuck, go get that guy too, right? But but he's not but, the but best fit. But don't do it. He's not the best fit. But. And, and, and I, I, I legitimately wonder how that works, right? And and you hear people say, you know, well, Sanderson played on the right side at UND. And you're like, NCAA. Yeah. That's not the NHL. No, it is not. And it doesn't matter how many guys come out of the NCAA and they go, yeah, I played at a big program in the NCAA. I think I'm going to make a good, easy transition. And then after a year, they're like, fuck, I had no idea. It's hard. And you're like, nobody does, right? <laughs> yeah. That's how that works. You don't understand that this is the best league in the world. And so. Here, kid, you were great in university. We're going to take you out of the position you're most comfortable in, put you on the other side and look out. Here comes whatever, Ovechkin or Taylor Hall or whoever's going to oh, be coming down on those left wings, right? <laughs> like, and, and against the Caps, he got his face smashed into the glass, <laughs> cut, right? Yeah. And you're like... It's no picnic out here, There's man. your welcome to the NHL <laughs> moment, son, right? You just... Now, to his credit, he's back. Yeah, he's moving fine, the puck. Yeah. He's been very good yep. for a rookie. And so we'll see what that looks like, man. 82 games is a long time. Uh, speaking of exciting rookies here early on, the people of Montreal have been treated to a much nicer start, I think, than they uh, would have expected. Way better. And uh, Caulfield has been on fire. Slavkovsky scores his first goal. And Arbor Jackeye is suddenly a superstar um, who just beat the wheels <laughs> off Zach Cassian the other night. Wow. And, and, and to me, that's one of those things. And so you look at that whole thing with... Cassian takes the glove, drops the gloves, and he's working his elbow pads. And next thing you know, wham, Jack guy's on him. Like, just getting filled in. Like a fat kid <laughs> on an ice cream cone. And you're like, hey, <laughs> where's the protocol and procedure here? Yeah. Cassian's like, and when he was getting up off his ass, the ref was helping him. He's like, what fucking, what bus was that? That just, and it was that Jack guy is dropping the overhand rights on him. Yeah. Like that was a mugging and a beatdown. Well, and it's, well, we'll get back to the Habs in just a sec. Cassian, he's got to stop doing that with the head. Like, he can't play that game anymore with the head injuries and stuff. He's had, like, that kid just grabbed you and beat the piss out of you. And you're a tough guy, but well, man, like, he's he can't not Matthew take Kajuk. No, but he can't take many more of those. Where like, you're going to try and bully somebody, you go, that guy, you've given up 15 pounds at least <laughs> to that guy, and he just whistled you. And hey, I'm not saying I would do any better. No, I'm just no. saying, you know what, Zach? Yeep. Yeah, and and he's been through some stuff. Where's the so, priest who? Yeah. yeah. Uh, what have you seen the nickname they've given Jack? I Wi-Fi. Yeah. What do you think? Nope. No, I don't like it. No, and and so to me, it's I get it. What you're saying, it's funny. Ha ha ha. Well, so the, for people who haven't, if you see the way this guy's fucking name is spelled, it's X E. H. There's a bunch of things in there. X E. Uh, Jack, K-A-J or K-A-R. And it looks like when, you know, your browser says, do you want us to create a strong password for you? And it's just a bunch of random fucking letters in a row. And you're kind of like, eh, why is there a hashtag get, in the middle? But of like maybe his 
like maybe his nickname then should be password or or what? I don't know. I just I'm QWERTY. Not, not feeling it with Wi-Fi. QWERTY. QWERTY's fun. I, let's call him QWERTY. From now on, he's QWERTY here on the Talk and Audio podcast. Uh, yeah, uh, Slavkovsky. He gets his first NHL goal after. I don't know, avoiding catastrophe with uh, former Senator Josh Brown, who tried to run him through the fucking <laughs> boards. And he turns and he's just wide eyed, staring down Josh Brown after stare down Josh Brown. Forget downtown Connor. Yeah, Brown. stare down Josh Brown. <laughs> um, this kid, this rookie, first uh, first week in the league, scores this goal and just turns and he's just staring a fucking hole through Josh Brown. This fuck you. Right. I kind of like that, man. Hey, journeyman. Yeah. Hey, nobody. Yeah. yeah. I kind of hey, like it, man. Oshawa General. Oh, why do you got to be like that? <laughs> I didn't say that when you were talking about your DJ. <laughs> oh, why would I? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, forget that. Um, boo or I, boo, whatever. The, whatever. Let's go Eugenie's boo. Woo. Oh, woo. Moo. Yeah. Moo. Uh, yeah, it, it, I kind of like it, man. I, I kind of like that attitude. You got this fucking guy who's been in the league for way too long, not really contributing much, and his job is to shut you down and you just humiliate the fuck out of him. I have no time for the show some respect argument, act like you've been here before. I haven't been here before. This is my first ever NHL goal, and I did it against this guy trying to murder me. Fuck him. And <laughs> Trying to murder me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and Josh Brown. I like him, man. The guy they brought into. Help the help the Sens blue line be a little tougher, and you're like that guy was anything but. There'd be like people pushing your goalie, and he'd yeah. be looking for nickels on the ground. And you're like, <laughs> "What are you doing, man? Get in there!" Uh, yeah, so he has found himself in Arizona, where all great careers go to uh, well, to and, flourish. And what a collection of misfit toys they have there, right? It's true, man. Shane Gostaspears there, and I, I can't remember who else was. I was listening, like, "Oh, look at that guy!" It's like. Clayton Keller. And, oh, Nick and Bukestad. Friends. Like what? My old boy, Nick Bukestad. Nick Bukestad was going to be a Hall of Famer. <laughs> yeah, but they've gotten off to a better start, I think, than most of us expected that they would. I'm not sure how sustainable it is, but what have you seen of the the young uh, the young cock Habs? What the young cocks? Young cock. Um, yeah, I, was, I, wasn't that a yeah young the young, young dicks young dicks yeah. young dicks? Well, that's okay. Young Whatever, young cocks. Let's. Well, Dix could be Richards. Could be, there's a bunch of things. There, Cox. Richards. Cox is just what it is. It's, <laughs> it's just right out there in your face. With uh, the Cox. <laughs> bam, 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 all across the faces. Um, yeah, I, I am waiting for the other shoe to drop. Yeah. They have this super young D, not just Jack Eye, but uh, Gooley. Right? How many yeah, Caden Cooley. How many Cadens can you have on one team? That's yeah, a bit much. It seems like you've, you're at least 50% over the limit. <laughs> um, and yeah, Caulfield continues to do what he does under under this whole, it's like this. What he did not do under Ducharme. Yeah, but has scored at an incredible pace under St. Louis and, and I think Suzuki. He's second in the NHL in home goals since last February, I believe is the statistic. Home goals. It sounds like you have something to say there, Matt. I don't at all because I don't even know that Matthews is first. I don't uh, that if he can't score on the road, I no I, no yeah, that's that's more where I was going. It wasn't this wasn't a leaf dig. I felt more like it was a kid can't score on the road. I have no idea. I just heard on the broadcast last night second in the league in home goals. So like uh, like my uncle used to say about Lindsey Ruff. Lindy Ruff. Yeah, Lindy Ruff, not Lindsey. <laughs> 
he was Lindy on the road and he was rough at home. <laughs> um, so to me, that's, yeah, I wasn't sure if you were going down that road with nope. Caulfield. That, um, I mean, maybe, but I don't have it there in front of me to back up. So that fuck is a, it. That is a small guy yeah. that he was like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm, I'm, I'm. Well, have they been on the road yet? seems like every highlight I've seen, they've been at home. So yeah, this year. Well, and it's a, it's a, it's a great place to play, man. Especially on a Saturday night. That's right here. Except for last Saturday night. Um, great place to see a game. Great place. I love the, I love the vibe in, uh, in Montreal, but I just, I'm waiting. They have, I thought they could score some goals, mm-hmm. right? With Hoffman, Dodonov and, and Doc to, to compliment, you know, Gallagher, Anderson, Suzuki, Caulfield. Like I thought they were going to be able to. Yeah. But I, I'm really surprised that the combination of, of Allen, Primo, Montambo, whatever they got going on down there with, with that sort of sketchy D. Well, we'll see what happens. I, I yeah. do not anticipate, like looking at the Atlantic division as of Sunday, mm-hmm. man, everybody's above 500. Yep. Or at least at 500. I think somebody's at three and three Florida maybe. Um, well, Tampa actually, uh, Tampa. last I look only had one or... One win as of Friday, so maybe they won this weekend, but. Uh, uh, they, for sure they won last night. Okay. Um, but yeah, it, to me, it's a, it's a crazy sort of. Um, yeah. Cause no one expects them to stay bad being Tampa. Right. So. Well, and it's one of those things where last night after the, uh, at the end of the, of the Leafs Jets game. Yeah. I was like, oh, I really want to see what Buffalo and Vancouver, A for the Vancouver train, and I will get to that later. Yep. A for the Vancouver train wreck. And B for what the Sabres are doing. Like they've just rolled through Alberta. Rasmus, well, they went, yeah, they beat both Alberta teams. Rasmus Dahlin has set an NHL record. That scored again last night. Goals to start a season by a defenseman. Like it's a franchise record for anyone to have uh, scored a goal in every game so far. But yeah, no, Bobby Orr never did it. Paul Coffey's never done it in terms of defensemen scoring in five straight games. Lance Pitlick never did it. No, fucking guy. (laughs) Alexei Zhitnik never did it. Zach Bogosian never did it. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to believe, man. It's hard to believe with that, with that cast of greats. Tony Ludman never did it. Yeah. The Shen. <laughs> None of them. It's like, it's, come on, man. What are you doing? Um, but the Habs, I, I will just see what kind of longevity they have. To me, there's a lot of stuff with a little bit of bubble gum, band-aids and a couple of elastics there. Well, Gallagher left Saturday night's game with another injury. So we'll see, you know, that guy has missed a lot of time, a lot of miles on that fucking body. So, uh, you know, and he'd been great to start for them. I look, I think it's admirable the way they've started, but I, yeah, I'm, I'm not a believer. Well, at this I am point. totally discounting what they've done. All right. I, and, and, and I don't mind. I will on well, October 23rd, I don't know what 24th, whatever today is. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, they're <laughs> shite. This turns out legit. They are shite. Uh, what do you just crack into? My second Bud Buster IPA. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, and you know what? I'm not loving it. <laughs> Took it, me one and a third to decide. Yeah, one and a tenth probably. <laughs> I've just taken. It's just to me. It's it's got a little bit of that. Um, it's 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 a little hoppy. It's a little bitter. It's missing the juicy. It's not very. It's not hazy. It's just mm, Jesus. Yeah, it's it's six point five. Yeah, it's getting me. So that'll where, be fine. It's getting me where I want to be, but um, yeah, it's it's. I I would not likely buy this again. Okay. Sorry, Perth. Yeah. I've liked a lot of the other stuff you've done. 
I'm not loving the Bud Buster IPA. Next time I stop in for a Baconator in Perth, I'll grab something else from the brewery next door. Uh, as long as you grab something, Matt, it means I will not have deterred you from stopping at all. No. No, you wouldn't. I've been in there a bunch of times. You wouldn't. I don't give a fuck what you say. <laughs> uh, I'm going back to Vimy. I'm hoping not to get soaked again. Honestly, it kind of stinks in the studio right now as the, uh. And that may have nothing to do with the beer. <laughs> Soaking into my shirt right now. Poor takes. Uh, yeah. Uh, so that was, what did I, the pale ale. This one is the cream ale. So we'll see what that's all about, how different it may or may not be. As I sit here the whole time we've been talking since that little break, tapping on the bottom, which is supposed to, you know, defoam them a little bit just in case. So we'll see what's going to take place defoam. here. Defoam. You've never heard that before? You tap on the bottom a couple of I times. I have not heard it's that. Supposed to, supposed to help a little bit. Didn't do shit last time. Okay, keep tapping, Matt. Yeah. Keep tapping and let me see what you have happening here because I'm, I'm totally interested in. Uh, on, no uh, explosion. Uh, yeah, no. And on the whole, I try and avoid any lagers, any cream ales. Mm-hmm. I find it super pedestrian. Okay. Well. If that makes me. I find a, you super fucking pedestrian. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Pretentious <laughs> douchebag. <laughs> Yeah. Speaking of which, I've moved back to a, um, I still have a Keurig at home. Okay. But I've gone back to, I've gone back to grinding my own beans and using a French press. Is this since you saw your brother? I know. Actually, nothing to do with him at all. Still in the coffee business? I didn't know. I don't know what he's doing. Honestly. He he does roast his own beans and whatnot. I find the whole thing to be pretentious (laughs) and high in the douchebaggery level. (laughs) Uh, so. So I had to get back in. Yeah. <laughs> well, and to be honest with you, what, why I've gone away from it is, uh, I went to, with the Keurig, I've gone to the, uh, only companies that deal with, with, um, compostable containers. Okay. No plastics, no single use shit, nothing. So I've gone to, but I'm, I like a bold coffee and I like a little bite to it and there's nothing I can find in a compostable pod that, hmm. that gives me a little bit of, puts a little hair on it. Right. So... I don't know why I had to say it like yeah, that, but, but it's one of those shows. So, uh, we now have, um, I've got a nice bold bean. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so I've been grind, grinding my bold bean. <laughs> Take that for what it's worth. Uh-huh. Um, your bean ain't worth much. <laughs> yeah, it's bold. It's small, but it's bold, which I've always maintained. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Anyways, that's that's where it's yeah, at. Was this going somewhere? <laughs> I, have no, I have no idea how we found our way there, but yeah. but my bean is bold. All right. Uh, not bold so far. Your Vancouver Canucks. Um, Saturday night, jerseys being thrown on the ice after one game at home. Uh, they went on, I don't know, it was a four or five game home, uh, road trip to start the year. Four at least. Saturday night is the, uh, the home opener and, uh, come out and get down two nothing almost right away and score to make it two one. seems like, all right, maybe they're going to get back in this. Then so you're not four, blowing a two goal lead though. Then, yeah. No, not this time, which was also an NHL record. Refreshing. <laughs> that they, uh, yeah, had set an NHL record for most games to start a season having blown a multiple goal lead. Uh, good for you fucking guys. Um, yeah, people a little unhappy in Vancouver, uh, didn't take long for, you know, like I said, one home, home game, people are already booing. Uh, I don't know how much I watched the first two periods of that. I went to bed before the, uh, before the third, but 
Yeah, the locals are unhappy in Vancouver, man. Uh, and it's it's one of those things where I watched the end of the the Toronto Winnipeg game, yeah, and I thought, ah, oh, you know what? I am going to brave whatever inane stupidity Ron McLean's going to say, and I'm going to I'm going to check out some of this Buffalo Vancouver action. Yeah. I I don't know when I would have ever said that no. before with either one of those teams. <laughs> Surprised at what the Sabers are doing, and then. Pleasantly surprised with what the Canucks Equally were doing. anticipating at, le- at least what, what the Vancouver Canucks were going to do. Because mm-hmm. they seemed very optimistic. Yes. Right? With, should we trade? Should we get rid of JT Miller? Do we sign that? Do we? Let's give him a boatload Here's of cash. $56 million. Forget about seven it. Years. Just take it. It's fine. Yeah. You old coot. You 30 year old douche. Yeah. So see, we're both going. <laughs> we both have takes. Um... But yeah, I, then I then I just it kept going on and on the the the, the period in yeah. between the two games. So I'm like, you know what, click. Well, and then they did. Welcome to Wrexham. Thank you very Montreal much. Ac- uh, Montreal esque. Introduce everybody in the fucking place because it was the home opener, right? Yeah. So here's the Oregon players, grandkids, and here's it, it just got. So I flipped to the Calgary. Uh, Carolina. Yeah, watched some of that, and that was pretty good. Before yep. I went back to Vancouver, but no. So I was I was game. I was up for it, and then I'm like, oh, I know Craig Anderson's going to shut the door anyways. <laughs> guy with his now one goal against average. Oldest guy in the league. Man. Just rocking it. Wow. Still kicking his spitting out rebounds like nobody's business. Sure. But if you can't put him in, it doesn't matter. Nope. So that is, is there a grumpier fan base in the NHL than the Vancouver fan base? Even the, the, the. You know, the mainstream media will tell you there is no blowback like Vancouver blowback. Like if you go on one of their local radio shows, say something they don't like, your your Twitter mentions for weeks will be just toxic well, horseshit. And, like, and do you, can you think of a, of a bigger fan base who you think would just blaze a blunt and just carry on with their business? Right. Like, but no, it's no. apparently not the thing. You got a dumb face and I don't like you. That seems to be their fan base. Oh, Okay. <laughs> Right, sorry, it had nothing to do with, had nothing to do with you, Matt. moved into a personal critique. <laughs> wow, what a segue. Yeah, you know what? I, they stink. And they've stunk for a while. And last November or December, they shit-canned Travis Green and Jim Benning, brought in Jim Rutherford. And Jim Rutherford has decided, yeah, actually, it's fine. He's done almost nothing to change the fortunes of that franchise or the personnel within it. In fact, he has started extending people in it like JT Miller. They're terrible. And I don't know what was supposed to be so surprising about this. Look, I no, I wouldn't have said they were going to start 0 and 5 or 0 and 6, but they're bad. They were bad last year. 4 and 1. They had a dead 0 4 and 1. Yes. Uh, they had the dead cat, cat bounce after Boudreaux came in there, like lots of teams do. Once Boudreaux, you're out of it. There it is. Oh, it's Bruce there. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. Uh, anyway, they, look, they were bad. You get the, the new coach comes in. You get to play all those games down the stretch where the pressure's off. Hey, we might make it. No, you're not going to fucking make it. And you come back with the same core, only this time you've locked up JT Miller for longer 
and you haven't signed the guy you should have, which is Bo Horvat, who is a guy who actually seems to give a fuck. Uh, I can't remember what the number was. It was five goals go maybe you, to start the season that JT Miller was on the ice for every goal against his team for the first like two or three games, which was hysterical, quite frankly. They're bad. They're okay. just bad. And, and, and Pedersen's had a great start, relatively speaking, right? In terms of, but how about this? Is JT Miller the new Blake Wheeler? Yeah, maybe. Like that's not a terrible comparison. But you're just a... A guy who, who gets you some points, yeah. not great away from the puck, not great in his own end, and... Not great temperament by yeah. all accounts. I, I just... I I think a lot of people looked at that contract when they signed it in seven years and said, well, like a lot of them, well, you won't like it by the end. They might be trying to find someone to take it now before the rest of the league discovers what a brutal idea How about sending Miller to Montreal for Gallagher? I'm sure. I'm just saying there's there's a couple of people who may not be happy with a couple of contracts with with lots of term. Yeah. Send Gallagher home. I, I And the Montreal fan this. base would, would well, I don't know, maybe I think they love Galley, but we've talked about this for a long time. Like Tyler Myers, there's a contract with a couple of years left on it. I said it was gonna be fucking terrible. It's terrible. Tucker Poolman, years left on it, terrible. Like that right side of that defense you've asked Quinn Hughes to move. Just so that it wouldn't be quite so bad. Like they got hot for a couple of weeks in the bubble, which was weird hockey to begin with. And everyone went, yep, they're close. And they're just not. It so, seems a lot like Ottawa Senators pre-Mac Duchesne trade. Hmm. And you go, oh, wait, I miscalculated that oh, horribly. Actually, I just, uh, the part that blows me away the most, man, is everyone decided finally Jim Benning's plan was awful. They fired him. They brought in Jim Rutherford. And what's he done to change it? They are still headed down the exact same road. They haven't started a rebuild. They haven't started to add. They're just running it out there. And they talked all summer about Bruce Boudreaux out there. The guy had an option that he didn't have to come back. And he kind of said, I'm going to look and see what's around unless you give me an extension. They're like, yeah, go look around then. We don't really fucking care. And he came back, found out there wasn't much of a market for him. And they hadn't done any work to replace them. And it was just sort of like, yeah, I guess. Come on back. <laughs> like, what a l- lukewarm endorsement both ways. Both ways. Yeah. And, and it, it comes down to, you know, we're now a couple of years into that Besser signing. Yeah. Right? And you sort of have this, we've, and, and with the cap, you are left with what you, you go, all right, I've got these guys. And, and Rutherford. If you remember on this very podcast, when he left Carolina and he went to Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. we both panned it. Yep. Like out of touch, guys done. Yeah, totally horrible. Then they won two Stanley Cups. The difference is that hurt. <laughs> yeah, but hey man, when you have enough takes, yeah, yeah. Some of them is, you know, some of them can be put under the category of hot takery. Mm-hmm. Some of them are just bullshit. Over a thousand of these in the in the can. Yeah, there's a lot a of, of whiffs. Yeah, for sure, man. <laughs> but at least make a stand. Right. Um, yeah, it's one thing to to make take a hunch and and sort of roll the bones with Malkin Crosby. Yeah. Or how about Crosby, Malkin, and Latang? Mm-hmm. And you go, yeah, all right. I'm just gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna keep trading know, away futures. Cash in the future. Yeah, yeah, exactly. On on at least two Hall of Famers. 
And then you go, let's see what happens. Whereas, you know, Pedersen, Besser, Hughes, Miller, Hughes, Horvat. Yeah, not this the is same. your core. Yeah, and this is what I'm saying, right? Is, you know, there's no Brian Rust in there. <laughs> no Connor Sheary. Yes. Gensel, where's that <laughs> right, shit happening? Right. So uh, to me, yeah, it's one thing for an old out of date guy to go in and go, yeah, all right, I'm just going to. I'm going to, I'm going to mortgage the future on those guys right. and go, I am going to just sort of sink more cash and time and effort into this core. Not the same. It's not the same core. And there's just, there's just no evidence right now that there's any plan at all. Like we talked about complete indifference to who was going to coach your team. I guess you could fire him now if you want. You've wasted training camp and, and whatever. And I don't know. If, if someone else would hire him, right? Like he obviously didn't get the interest he was looking for when he went looking around either. But, but to allow your coach to just, yeah, go look around, I guess. And, and then you do nothing while he's looking around. It was so, so fucking weird. And there's just, like I said, I didn't, wouldn't have expected them to be winless this far in, but I didn't expect them to be anywhere near as good as a lot of people said. And I've been saying that for, for years. You didn't have to look too far though, to find people who thought that they would be anywhere from first to third. More, yeah. They were going to be in the playoff mix in that more, conference. More third in that what division. Fuck? But they are Same now. Same people who were horny for the Jets last year. Oh, I'm so horny. <laughs> that's such a, that's such a great gross word. <laughs> I know. Well, it fit here. Yeah, for sure it did. <laughs> I'm rubbing up against stuff. I don't know. What it was. Okay. Yeah. Well, hey man, you brought it up. Don't. Don't blame I was me. Less, I was less vivid. <laughs> yeah, well, hey, we've done a thousand of these, yeah. right? This is yeah. how that goes. No, it's true. It's been a couple of weeks since you were here, though. I forgot. What, uh, so. you're, you're, <laughs> this was... you're dealing with real people, <laughs> adults in the room. Um, but yeah, you know what? They get what they deserve. Yeah. And it's their lame colors. It's not a great, it's not a great blue or green. Was it too soon to throw a jersey on the ice? Ah, uh, because I think, hey you man, could, you are a Leaf fan. Yeah. You should be the person addressing that. Nobody throws more jerseys. See, on the it's ice. funny because you can make the argument, it's the first home game. Why don't you chill out? But you're also like, yeah, it's been about a decade since the 2011 run to the <laughs> cup final. Maybe it's not too soon. Yeah. It's yeah. been over 50 years and we've never won a cup or had a first overall pick or anything like that. I just, I look at that team right now I'm and angry. I, I can't identify what we're doing. Are we trying to contend? Oh my God, if we are, right? Are we trying to rebuild? We've got some weird contracts if we're trying to rebuild. Uh, Rutherford said on After Hours there on Hockey Night, well, we kind of thought we could retool on the fly. It doesn't look like it. O-E-L. Yeah. Terrible last night too. That does not look good in terms of your, I'm just going to roll the bones and see what happens. Brutal. Brutal. Speaking of things that make everybody horny. Let's get to your, your Toronto Maple Leafs. <laughs> it certainly does, man. Um, it's, it's, it's Matthew Stash, or I think that does that. Sure. Rubbing up against things. <laughs> Bumping up against things. Why don't, look, uh, they lose to the 31st and 32nd place teams in the league last year. Uh, they've Oof. beaten, yeah, yeah. Uh, but they've beaten Washington, Dallas. Winnipeg and Ottawa. Uh, yeah, so far only Dallas is 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 were any salt to it. Yeah, and yet we have found a way to spend a week ready to burn things down again. Um, 
look, the losses are bad. Unquestionably. I I'm, I'm, I'm honestly at a loss for words. You're, you're at a loss for words for their play. No. You're at a loss for words for the, the market's the reaction to it. Or, the coach's reaction the yeah, to it. it. Yeah. The whole thing that happened less than a week into the season at two and two at the time, like yeah. we, if you want, you can throw out the Dallas and Winnipeg wins, which hadn't happened yet. And I just, it's possible to, th- to admit that they played like shit in those games and you can't be giving those points away without, well, is the coach on the hot seat? And I, I what, what did you take from this week from outside the, the bubble, a guy who doesn't spend anywhere near as much time on Twitter, take a, take a swipe at at the first week and a half of Toronto Maple Leafs hockey here, man. Well, let's micromanage the whole thing, which okay. which is what we love to do. Yeah. Um, and I double back to three quarters of the way through last season when I asked you the question, who gets fired first? Yeah. DJ Smith, Sheldon Keefe. Right. And... Um, it was an interesting question, and it's come up a few times since. Leafs get punted. <laughs> as, ag- as they do. Again, in the first round. Yep. In a series they maybe should have won, but didn't. Yep. And you go, okay, that's... Here keep, it comes. Keeps getting fired. No. And then then you roll into this year and you're like, DJ starts 0-2 with all this infusion uh-huh. of talent and gas. And you're like, <laughs> what? No. No, not yet. <laughs> and then it, then it flips to after game one, you got, you got Keith talking about unacceptable. Unacceptable. And then you talk after the after the Arizona loss, and he's like, "The difference between Arizona and us is we have elite players, and when they don't play elite, we lose." And you're like, "Man, it seemed fairly accurate." <laughs> I, I, it did, but I think it's the way he goes about it. He's he's got an angry face. <laughs> he looks. He's got that angry drunk face all the time, and you're just like, middle of the pack in the. Hottest coaches in the NHL yeah. list. <laughs> then you find out it's based on bone structure yeah, and whatever else. It's, it's judged. It wasn't. Uh, whereas, man, he's an angry dude. He's yeah. got an angry face. Um, Maybe that's what the the computer liked because Daryl Sutter was second. And Daryl, you're like, oh my goodness. Speaking of angry faces, yeah. Well, and and also he's got a face that's total. Got it's got sarcasm all over before he even says a word. I can't um, remember one of the local guys here on the radio. Right, that looks like a used backcatcher's mitt. <laughs> it's like, holy Christ! <laughs> I mean, not inaccurate, but yeah. a little honest for the radio. <laughs> well, and again, I, I I date back to yeah my uncle who we had on this very podcast. Yeah, he was a player rep for the Wings or uh, Wings or Caps. I'm not sure, but he's like, yeah, I'm meeting the Sutters at the airport in whatever city they're flying into for an for an NHL play a rep meeting and he's like, and there's, there's two of the Sutters and I can't remember. One was Daryl mm. for sure. And he's like, and he goes, these guys are coming up and he goes, and the ears don't match. One's higher than the other one. And he's like, you're like, what is happening? Who are these guys? Right. And so that to me is, uh, that's always stuck handsome, with me. Apparently. Hey, it's handsome. They're worth a ransom. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> nice. All right. Um, but, uh. Angry faced Keith. Yeah, is is it just seemed and, and again wasn't locking it back worse. 
walking about see to me he 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 should Twice. never have come out and said the players understood it's the media and the fans and you're like fuck you man you wouldn't be back out here if that's what yeah it, you exactly you said it yeah and how else are we to take that quote that i just gave almost verbatim right like you, the and and quite frankly fuck any of the leafs players who thought that that was inaccurate yeah when we have built this team this way our elite players haven't played elite Still haven't, quite frankly. Matthews only has one goal. He'll get it going, but he hasn't yet. Yeah, sure. He only had one goal in all of October last year and turned out just fine. Mitch is about a point a game, but hasn't been overly impactful. And Mitch Meyer. All right. That's creative. (laughs) That's something that would show up in my Twitter mentions. (laughs) That's the level of that. But he clearly came out the second day because Marner also made a cut. Like Matthews always has this thing. When the media is asking him certain questions, you can see him rolling his eyes like, really? And he just kind of carries on. Fart? That's what that face always he says. He kind of car- just carries on and, you know, it is what it is. Mitch is the one who seems to be a little more uptight about it. And the way he commented on it, he was like, well, we had a conversation. And then the next day, there is Keith back out in front. It was sort of like Mitch scolded him and said, why don't you go back out there and clean this mess up is the way I read that. And... It, it was kind of lame, man. And it, it, you said it once. And if anyone should have been pissed, it was Arizona. Like, fuck you. We don't have elite player. Like, we don't. But but no coach talks like that. No coach shits over on their opponent the yeah. way Keith had just done. Like, they don't have elite players. Yeah. Well, and, and, and it was a, a double-handed kind of. I wondered if it wasn't partly in response to Christian Fisher's comments. Yeah. It, did you see what he said? I did not see what he said. So after the game, in a post-game interview... You know, they were kind of talking about coming into Toronto and, and shutting the Leafs down or whatever. And he goes, yeah, I'm sure that was worth $300 of entertainment for everybody who paid to be in here or whatever. Like just kind of taking a shot at. So more at the organization of the fan base. Yeah. And, and you're sort of like, dude, no one will pay seven bucks to see. The, or the, the 4,000 people who are going to be in your arena. And maybe more interesting is the Arizona Coyotes have clearly set up a team this year designed to lose looked at you and said, you're perfect for this job. We could use you yeah. to help us lose some games. You seem like somebody that's going to help us execute this plan. And it just sort of felt like the whole thing blew up really quick. And I think if Keith had just said it, and even if he did have to go into the locker room and have a little sit down with Mitch and tell him, it's not what I meant. You know what I meant. We've had these types of discussions before. And tell then your just dad move it's okay. On. Yeah, exactly. And then just move along. But he comes out the next day and goes, that's not what I meant. And then he comes out again a day later and goes, it's still not what I meant. You're just like, holy fuck, you're, let it go, right? And see, the the thing for me is, as as somebody outside the market and not totally invested in, as you said, social media or the team in, 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 in general, is this is a team and a fan base who is left with it really doesn't matter. This is a team that's good enough. It's going to make the playoffs. And what matters <laughs> is what's going to happen in April. Yep. Right? And so the, this this notion that Keefe is trying to batter, fire up, whatever this. Well, there is a certain logic to, hey, if you finish first in the division, maybe you don't get Tampa in the first yep. round. Yep. Like, we're not going to let things slide this year. The Bruins, I, maybe. Yeah. Maybe they'll be in first the way things are both going. Yeah. But so all I'm saying is, is I can buy into that. Yeah. I can buy into that, that you're like, okay, I need to 
We got to slap get this team, yeah. pinch them, whatever, poke them with a sharp stick to get them through this regular season. That for the most part, with the talent, you're going to get a hundred points, a hundred plus points, yeah. by just doing the minimum with the talent they have. And so you're like, yeah, I gotta be, I gotta be rough. I gotta be, I gotta pinch the nipples a bit and slap some ass. <laughs> All right, this sounds like it's going to be fun. <laughs> it's going to be a great year. <laughs> so, but of the but, fans too, or yeah, just the players. But then to walk it back, yeah, you're like, well, what is now it? What then? is this? Yeah, yeah, because I thought you were being tough, yeah. and you're going to like, we're going to see what happens here. But now you're like, oh no, <laughs> I'm not really. Sorry, you didn't like that. Okay, sorry about that. Oops, sorry, Mitch. Yes. Sorry, Paul. Yeah, move along. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I it it's. It's very much like you could say on any show in any market, it's too early to form any hard opinions or whatever. But we did enter this year, like we entered last year, going nothing matters till the playoffs. Until it does and everyone wants to jump up and down. Like we got column inches to fill. We got radio shows to program. We got all kinds of – and it just it, – it blows my mind and it makes me crazy because I, I do think it was worth criticizing them for the way they played of against course. Arizona. Even the Montreal game, I'll go, look, yeah, that sucked and you blew it in the last possible way, but it's a home opener and a supercharged building. You lost to Montreal on a season opener again. Who cares? Well, that's what I'm saying, right? Like, to me, yeah. that wasn't a big, that yeah. wasn't as big. The Arizona game, you're like, holy fuck. Like, the, you're not even yeah. giving her a go here. So well, those I two, get- Those two teams are not in the same league. Arizona hasn't lost in Toronto in 20 years. And that's, what? I know we do that thing where it's like, it's been seven years, but hey, we've only been there twice in those seven years or whatever. It's yeah. been 20 years since the Leafs beat Arizona in Toronto. And that is, then you then hear that Boston has not lost to Arizona in like 17 years. 20, like the last 20 They're years. They're taking off wins. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly somebody is not, and you're like, how is that possible? It's like two decades yeah. is... A long and, and time. And Arizona is always bad. It's not like a... It's almost four generations of teams. <laughs> it's, it's brutal, man. So there is a certain amount of like, fuck, get it going. I don't understand that. No. Well, <laughs> That's weird, man. Like even if they were only coming every two or three years, you're like, 10, 11, 12 shots at them you've had? Fuck you, <laughs> right? Like, get going. I haven't lost since Jeremy Roenick was a coyote. Right. And Teppo Newman in leading the rush with Happy Boulin and yeah. So look, it's possible to go, look, they haven't come anywhere close to their, the top of their performance yet without thinking that Keefe is on the hot seat and we're, you need to blow up the core, which is always, you know, four or five. If, if, if Dubas resisted doing that all summer, he probably wasn't going to be at two and two. Fuck it. Trading everybody. It just... It was a frustrating week, far more for what happened off the ice than what happened or on. Trade Nylander. That's everybody always, wants. That's to, always the call. It's one of your co to. Uh, yeah, it, it, well, and, and more than ever now at <laughs> at, at, at seven million, you go. All right, I don't know what I can get for that guy, no. but but the contract seems reasonable at eighty points. I'm going to do that. Yeah. I don't know, man. It this sucked as a week as a Leaf fan, far more, like I said, for what happened online, what happened in the media than for what happened on the ice. Yeah. And here we sit now, four and two, and everybody's like, all right. Four and two and third in the division. Yeah, well, you and can't control anything about Yeah, that. Buffalo, what those guys are doing. One of the things I brought up a time or two that bugs me as a, not even as a Leaf fan, but like as a, this is really stupid, 
is the way, because we've talked before about the Leafs being owned by Bell and Rogers. So they split. Sportsnet gets half the regional games. TSN gets half the regional games. So Saturday, the Leafs are in Winnipeg. It's a Hockey Night in Canada game. Sportsnet crew covers that. Leafs are off to Vegas on Monday. That's a TSN game. So Sportsnet guys will go home. The TSN crew will fly out to Vegas. Thursday, got San Jose. That's a Sportsnet game. So the TSN guys will fly home. Sportsnet guys will fly out. They'll stay and do the Saturday game in LA as well because that's a hockey night game. Then Sunday you're playing Anaheim game. That's a TSN game. So the Sportsnet guys fly home and the TSN guys. Could we at least like... You take these five games, I'll take like, these five games. It's just so fucking... Even on a like... I know the sound's stupid, but like if we're going to try and make the league a little more green, right? We're, we're going to do the... Oh, look at you, Matt. I just... It just seems so stupid. Like... TSN, you take the Canadian West Coast swing. Sportsnet, you take the California trip. Something yeah. like that. It, well, it, I, it, it's just stupid. I understand what you're saying. It just bugs me because it's dumb. But if that is the biggest draw, you want them on a Saturday night. You want them on your Wednesday night game or whatever their okay, national Okay, then let TSN is. go Monday, Thursday, and then Sportsnet goes Saturday, Sunday. Yeah, but then you're still left with... With what? Well, do you want that midweek game? You need that midweek game, right? That is a Sportsnet staple right whether it's I tuesdays guess. or wednesdays whatever that whatever that no, national not, game yeah, is. it's not a national game it's a regional game well, so is, that, just... is that only because ottawa's playing minnesota and, and, <laughs> and everyone's clamoring for that like if i understand that if that's the case yeah that wild center's action sure, hey man. gotta get me some of that anyway i i do it's not a big deal it's just i do but i'm sure dumb. the gta does not no they give do a not. sweet pinch of coon shit but fucking, what was, I think in three or four games, the first three games, Minnesota had given up 20 goals. You're like, oh my God. Well. They're supposed to be the, a favorite in that division. And First two games, 14 goals against all on M.A. Flurry. Let's give Gustafson a go, our new guy. Hey, he got lit the fuck up too. Dropped it by a goal though. Out of boy, Gus. <laughs> Taking it from seven to six goals against. Yeah. But you see uh, Zuccarello there is who we also panned that signing. He's mm-hmm. sure did. right up there in, in points. And I'm like, what the fuck is happening here? Man? There's a couple teams, that, a couple guys too, that are off to, nah, this is it. It's always, it's early. Yeah. We'll see, but yeah, it, yeah. It, but it's, but it's 20 games, man. 20 games yeah. is most teams at five or six games in. We will see at 20 where the, where the, where the league really stands and I'll feel better. All right. You might. No guarantees. Uh, Saturday afternoon. The UFC threw down one of their deeper cards of the year coming out of uh, Abu Dhabi, which uh, it's funny when they first set up Fight Island over there, they would just, fuck it, we're keeping it at 10 p.m. on the North American East Coast and you'd fight at four in the morning or something in Abu Dhabi. This one they ran uh, at a decent local hour, which meant it was 2 p.m. over here. And that was kind of cool too, man. Nice afternoon of fights that uh, didn't keep you up all night. A couple of interesting results, and we won't spend a ton of time on this because uh, Bunda and I went in depth on it, uh, you know, previewing it last week. But some interesting results here, and the one I want to start with is... But the, just, just a second. Okay. But to me, do you think the maintaining the earlier start has more to do with social media or... You're just like, well, whatever, we're just going to let it go now. And this is, we're gonna I think a big part of it was that even in Abu Dhabi on Fight Island, they weren't having a crowd. So it didn't really matter. I mean, it sucked for the fighters, but get up and get in there at 4 a.m. We can at least maintain our pay-per-view window in yeah. North America. Now that they're selling tickets again in Abu Dhabi, how do you really want to 
try and run it at 6 a.m., at 5 a.m., whatever it might yeah, be. Yeah, yeah, so. good point, good point. And I just wondered if it, you know, in this day and age of everything is instantaneous. We've you know, talked about the idea of doing afternoon fights when they've done them on like ABC. Yep. Yeah, and that makes sense to me. Like you get a different sporting audience on a weekend afternoon, but when it's a pay-per-view, I'm not sure it really... Yeah, and, and really it was the idea of how NBC used to package the Olympics or whatever. And you yeah. Go, yeah, I don't care if this happened at 9 a.m. this morning. I'm giving it to you in prime time <laughs> yeah, tonight. Exactly. No, I think this was just a, okay. a factor of selling tickets again in uh, in Abu Dhabi. But in the co-main event, the bantamweight title fight, Aljamain Sterling fighting TJ Dillashaw. And Sterling has come in having a hard time getting any respect. Like I said, like we talked about last week. Because he wins the title from Piotr Jan by disqualification. He's down on his knees and Jan plants a knee right in the side of his head, which is tremendously illegal. So you get the, uh, you get the championship that way and everybody's kind of pointing out, you didn't really beat him. You didn't really win. But really, I can't control if that guy does something stupid, right? And, and hands me his championship. Smashes me in the face with a knee. Right. Um, so he gets the title that way and he gets ripped for quite a while. He tears through... Uh, Corey Sandhagen, which most people said wasn't really a worthwhile title defense. Right. He beat Piotr Jan again, but in an incredibly close, controversial, goes to the judges' scorecards. And the people who don't like Aljamain Sterling are capable again of going, I don't think you beat him, right? That was not the right decision by the, uh, judges. By the judges. I still don't think you're the champ. Don't let it go to the judges. All right. So here we go. I'm off to fight TJ Dillashaw. And... Right off the bat, within 15 seconds of the round start, the first round starting, Sterling shoots to take him down. He gets him down, and immediately you can tell TJ Dillashaw's left arm is fucked. He can't get up. He can't push the guy off him. And as he finally kind of, he's pushing, and it's not going anywhere, but he's managing to survive a little bit, but he's not able to mount any kind of offense. And when they do get back up on their feet, you can see his shoulder is out. Like it's, it's yep. completely dislocated. It's just fucking hanging there. Uh, they go to, they, he survives the first round. He after still manages he, to go 445 with that. Yeah. And he gets to the, um, gets back to the, the stool after the end of the first round. And it looks like they're trying to shove his fucking shoulder back in. They popped it back in. That's absolutely what happened. Briefly. Yes. He gets back out there. And by now, Sterling's corner has clearly seen... Hey, that guy's shoulder's fucked. And, you know, it only goes, you know, very, very short in the second round. Uh, Sterling gets on top of him. It's clear Ster- uh, Dillashaw can't mount a, any kind of offense or a comeback, and he gets finished early in the second round. And I'm curious, because I know, like, you haven't followed this as closely lately, but, go, like, for a very long time, you know, dating back to the beginning of MMA, there's a bit of, well, there's a lot of ego that allows you to believe I can go in there and, stand with a man who might be able to kill me, right? Two come in, only one goes in. Right. And so Dillashaw says in the post-fight press conference, I have to apologize to the division because I, I, my shoulder popped out in April. Yeah. It probably popped out 20 times during training camp, Yeah, but I wasn't willing to give up the championship fight. I don't know when I was going to get another title fight. I don't want to have to go back, cancel my camp, fight Former somebody else. Now, dude. Yeah. And so I showed up here with it. He goes, I even told the referee before I came out here, hey, my shoulder's going to pop out. Don't stop the fight. And it sort of leaves you wondering, like, what do you owe the audience? What do you owe the pay-per-view buying? Yeah, it's hard. It's hard because... Like, you you knew you weren't up to this. 
Yeah. You do have, as a guy who's 36, I believe, mm-hmm. TJ Dillashaw, he's been around forever. Dude's a warrior. Yeah. And he's saying in his in his own head, he's I can like, do this. I can do this. I can beat this guy. I can beat With this guy. <laughs> right? But then when you get in there and it pops 15, 20 seconds in. Basically from being taken down. Yep. Yep, and and you go, yeah, okay. It's it's happened twenty times in camp. You knew that anybody who's dealt with that, it is so incredibly easy to happen, right? That shoulder pops out, yeah. And he should have known, right? But how many times do athletes know? And to me, I blame more Dillashaw's camp, right? That you don't say, you know what, we'd be better off to being up front and saying. We can't you know what? make this we, fight. We can't make this fight. A month out. Yeah. A month out, yeah. you say, you know what, we can't do it. We got to rehab this. And there is a chance, right, with some rehab and some attention, that it's going to be fine. Or at least it'll be way better. Because it's it's like anybody who's rolled an ankle, popped a shoulder out. It If you continue to not maintain or look after that, it's easy to roll it again. Yeah. It's easy to pop that out. And it's just... You got to know, you got to take it away from the athlete at that point, because. What about the UFC and the referee? Like they're, the UFC trumpets, we take good care of our fighters. There's pre-fight physicals. Uh, if he tells the referee before I go out there, hey, my shoulder's going to come out. I get yeah. it. You got 15,000 fans in the building and however many hundreds of thousands have bought this on pay-per-view. But at some point. Yeah. I, I think they wear some of this. Yeah. Clearly they knew something. Well, and, and it's it's how upfront was he in in the pre-fight physical? Yeah. It's one thing to tell the ref pop prior, to the, prior to the match. You're like, hey man, this is going to happen. Yeah. So don't stop it. Don't stop it. I'm going to go out on my shield. That kind of thing. Yeah. If he has purposely misled the physicals, you can get through the physical. You go, yeah, okay. I've had it. I've had it braced. I've had it taped. I've done a bunch of things and I can make it through a physical. I can fake that. Yep. Yep. That's one thing, right? Then you tell the, the ref, and, and you're not telling the ref like, hey, man, if it pops out, save me. No, you're saying don't. Yeah. So to me, he would have he would have tried his best to mask that from UFC officials in a, in a physical. Yeah. So I kind of take a little bit of the... the I do think you job the fans a bit. 100%. 65 bucks on pay-per-view, however much you paid for tickets. And that was my question was... Yeah. Was you paid the money? Yeah. You sat down and watched the full card. How do you feel about that? Jobbed, obviously. Yeah, a little bit. And uh, it, part of it, to be fair, is because I already kind of hate TJ Dillashaw, and he's yeah. got the the doping thing behind him and all that stuff. When he gives the apology, you're like, I almost kind of feel for this guy. He knows he's coming to the end of his career. He knows this is. I gotta try, yep. right? Like I'm gonna take a shot at it. But at the same time. Like, fuck you. If you'd have said something six weeks ago, they'd have found a suitable replacement, shuffled the deck, whatever they had to do, and we'd have got the the fight we expected to get out of somebody else. Jamal, have put him in there. <laughs> he's at, fighting everybody anyway. Why not? Says he's going to win every division. Yeah. But at least, and or maybe they swap another fight in there and we do this again in, in February or January or something like that. New Year's card, whatever that's going to be. Right. You give it a couple months. I just... I'm left like, fuck you, man. You kind of, yep. this people have been talking three, you know, legit main events on this card, plus a bunch of stuff underneath. And you go, all of a sudden the co-main event, one of the competitors knew before he came in, wasn't going to be yeah. anywhere close to. And so that's why I say we've seen it in a bunch of sports, right? The athlete 
never knows whether it's concussions in the NFL, these sorts of things. Yeah. You, you can't allow- That's why I brought up the ego early on, right? You obviously feel like, I can do this. I can do this. I don't need... One of the most dangerous men in the world is standing across from me. I can beat him with one arm. Okay. <laughs> right? yeah. like- no, no. And, and so athletes, elite athletes at, at, at whatever sport or level you're talking about, the best of that level, they never understand. And and that's a, as a former champion, you've done it before. You've won. Yeah. And you think in your mind, you are so much better than everybody else. You can't allow the athlete to make the decision. No. And it, and it becomes more on the team, on his, on his trainer, his head trainer. Like people, these are people who do this and are intimately familiar with, yep. with that person's body, with what they, what they're capable of. Yeah. Spent weeks and weeks and weeks with yeah. them beforehand. And, and very much aware you have to be the adult in the room. And we use that all the time, right? You have to make that decision and just, and, and again, it's a matter of, yeah, I understand you're 36 years old and, and time is coming to a close, but let's push this back three months. Yeah. Let's see what we can do to take a good run at this. And you try, you have to say, yeah, man, you're the best. You're the best there ever was. Doesn't matter if it's true or not, <laughs> but you have to play to the athlete's vanity. Of course, yeah. And you say, hey, let's, let's, let's put you in there at your best and let's see what happens. Let's bring this belt home. Right, you have to be the athlete. So I blame more, more the, the team, more the camp. team than the athlete's hubris. Hmm. Uh, also on the card, we saw Sean O'Malley arrive um, controversially. Uh, he beats Piotr Jan, who, man, that's an interesting guy. Back to back losses. Yeah, we can get into him maybe another time. But you know, you wonder if he doesn't throw that knee. He beats Sterling. He becomes the champ. He doesn't have to face Sterling again, so he doesn't have that loss on his record. Yeah, like all these, his road changes completely. But instead, he gets um, Sean O'Malley, who's the up and coming, you know, flashy superstar um, that the UFC badly wants to make a star. And so, round one in this fight was clearly the one that that this all hinged on. Who won round one? Round two was clearly Yawn. Round three. Uh, O'Malley lands a couple punches that, uh, cuts, uh, Piotr Jan open. And I got to tell you, man, I haven't spoken to anyone. You know, I got a bit of a group chat going for some of these fighters, the people I follow on Twitter, just some buddies who watch. I haven't spoken to anyone who agrees that when this went to the, the judges at the end of the fight, that Sean O'Malley won that fight. I looked at that and thought it's really close. It's not one of those ones where you go, this was stolen. This was a joke. This is whatever. It was very close, but everyone that I've asked has gone, I kind of thought that was Piotr Jan's fight. And yet it ends up going to O'Malley, um, who even afterwards, when they ask him, you know, what's next? Do you think you've earned a title fight? Even he's sort of like, I don't know. I got to go back and watch it. Like it, it almost looked like he didn't buy. And you'd think. See, there's two, there's two things happening here, Matt. Okay. As, and, and again, I, I watched, I watched most of that fight. Yeah. Um, I read, I watched the post-fight presser, all these sorts of things. And, and traditionally what happens is, is as somebody who takes, who, who gets a lot of takedowns, if you can take somebody down and you can control the fight. That's that, what this looked like, man. Okay. But the ability for O'Malley to get up yep. on many occasions and, and yawn to not do a pile of damage is no. one thing. And that is worth, O'Malley landed more strikes. He landed more significant strikes, but felt all the way through like Jan was in control, right? Even if it was just on top of him and you're not doing much, 
I don't know. It feels worth something. And, and so even at the end of that third round, when when he takes O'Malley down, yep. but O'Malley gets up. Yep. And then you're left with, I was I was the busier of the two fighters in the third round in a fight that was in doubt. And, and you were not able to totally maintain, like GSP kind of on the ground. Maybe Just we don't love what's there. happening, yeah. but I'm holding you down. I'm dominating you on the ground. Yeah. And I think for, for Young, with all the takedowns he has, there wasn't enough control on the ground. Kind of like a Damian Maya back in the day. Yeah. Yeah, no, and, and there is something to that. And I think that third round was legit based maybe on nothing more than like the spectacle of me splitting you open, right? Yeah. When I throw that punch and there's blood now running down your face. and on he, your, on, Over your eye. And yeah, and it worse. was clearly bothering him the whole time. Uh, so I thought, no problem, the third round, like I, I can see that, that you would give that to O'Malley. I can see the second round yawn. And that first round, man, that's the one that's in question. And two out of three judges gave it to O'Malley. And I, I just, even in that round, Jan took him down and did land some strikes, did hit him. It, like I said, it, this is one of those fights that you do debate. It's not one where you go, that's fucking crazy. Not even close. He was robbed. Anything like that. But you're sort of like, just in that interesting story of what has happened to Piotr Jan over the last year and a half. Like, Jesus Christ, you could have avoided this fight altogether. And now here you are you know, probably down to second or third in the weight class behind O'Malley, behind uh, Sterling. Uh, there's some talk that Cejudo might be coming back in, which would be really interesting. Marab's coming up. I, he's going to be in the thick of this fucking thing now. And all of a sudden the question is with O'Malley, as a guy who you're not sure beat Jan, but it does have the win. Do you go right to the title fight and capitalize on this guy's star power? Or do you go... That's a terrible fucking matchup for Sean O'Malley. I want to make him fight someone else first before we throw him in with Aljamain Sterling, Sterling and maybe have his, you know, some of that star power get popped a little bit. You know what happens in the yeah. world of, of, of Dana White. They make White, the fight. They, right? they, is, they, is you make that fight. You and, make and, money. And you have, as we just outlined with Aljamain Sterling, you have this question mark of yep. wins with popped out shoulder wins with, you know, just getting need in the temple. Yeah, these, and then that sort of, you've, you've fought below your level yep. in your first defense and you go, nobody's given him any respect to you. So. And you have the fan base and the rising. So maybe in a, in a more, in a different world, you put him in against a sort of a three, four guy. Yeah. Right. But then you run the risk of popping that bubble that is. On the the 11th rank, Sean O'Malley yeah. fighting the one and the upgrade. And, and maybe he goes to seven, five, I don't know, in that range. Yep. And then he doesn't win that. Well, right. now you have this opportunity to go, yeah, look at this. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to seize this moment. That is the wave of Sean O'Malley. Well, and this has been the criticism of the UFC forever, right? Of course it is. The, the legitimacy of the sport and the rankings versus the desire to, we're going to make some fucking money here. We're just going to make the biggest selling fight we can make. I want to, I want to see fights. That's it. Yeah. And so I understand the more as, as the sport continues to evolve over the last 15 years that you are looking for your rankings to be worth more. And, and I, I I listened to a bit of you and Bunda last week Mm -hmm. and he's saying, I think you said, I I think the winner of this O'Malley. Yep. Yon fight gets a, gets a title shot. And, and Bunda saying, ah, I think it, 
you know, it's likely move O'Malley into the six range or somewhere in that range, I yep. think is what, is what Bunda said. And, um, yeah, I, I think, I think he's probably right, but I think you have to, I think it doesn't matter. I think when you beat the number one contender, they're going to give him a thing because they think that can, that'll sell tickets. Well, later in the card, we saw Makachev, right? Who hadn't beaten anybody really in that top five range. Yeah. And they just said, here's a title shot. And he won it. And he smoked him. Right. So I don't know. I don't think I'm that out to lunch to think they may just ride that wave, right? If no, it's, no, if it's I, think, I think you're 100% right. Oh, I thought you said you agreed with Bunda that. No, no, <laughs> I agreed that with Bunda in in terms of where they were going to put him in the rankings. Oh, okay. They weren't going to they weren't going to drop O'Malley. Like, okay, guess what? You're now one. Right, right. No, no. Okay. Right, but he will he will drop down into the sort of middle five six range. But yeah, probably he, get that next title shot. You will get that title shot because you have beat the one contender, and you are people are talking about you. It is it is this momentum wave. Yeah. Uh, Let's talk about the main event briefly then before we get out of here. Charles Oliveira, who had won uh, 10 of his last 11 fights by finish, um, gets finished early in the second round. It was an interesting matchup. We we broke it down a couple different ways. But if if this was going to go to the ground, it's funny. We talked about it. Like Charles Oliveira's takedown defense wasn't great because no one wants to take down Charles Oliveira. Had like 16 subs in his UFC career. Right. Um, The all-time leader in that category. So... People don't shoot on him. People don't try and take him down. But Makachev was just like, yeah, fuck that. I'll, I'm going for it. Best defense is a good offense, baby. Right, and just charge right at him. Um, in the first round, he does take him down. You did see some classic Oliveira. He's nasty in the way he does things. Like, as you're getting up, he's throwing knees into the midsection, and you're in the clinch, and he's burying these elbows in. Savvy like, vet. He's just rough on you, right? And he tried that stuff, and... and he wasn't getting through Makachev. He's just so strong. He got bullied. Yeah, and and it didn't take long in that second round. Um, Mahachev did land a great strike on him, then takes him down, finishes him in that second round. That's going to be fascinating. After the fight, they bring in Alexander Volkanovsky, uh, the champion at the next weight class down, who has been talking for a while about moving up to maybe fight Charles Oliveira in this best pound for pound, you know, in the UFC kind of big uh, fight. Now it's Makachev and he and Habib, who's his coach, they stand there, they call out Volkanovsky, say, we want to come to Perth where you're from. We'll come to your home country where there is a fight scheduled in February, I believe. Yeah. And let's do it. And so they bring Volkanovsky in. At that point, it's, hmm. it's hard not to do it. To make that fight. It looks like that's probably going to be where they go. Um, but that's... Even that's risky, right? I don't know whether you want to comment on this fight or the the possibility of the next one because we've seen it. We just saw Adesanya last year or two years ago go up a weight class to fight Jan Blahovich, who's yeah. just a guy. Like he was a champion, but he yeah. wasn't a dominant champion. Yeah. But going up a weight class is hard, and and Volkanovski's now fixing to do the same. So either the guy that you think is the best featherweight in the world is going to get finished, or he's going to knock off your new lightweight champion who everyone is saying is unbeatable. Like, again, in that business sense, what do you want to do, right? Do you want to make that huge fight? Maybe, I don't even know what the venue is in Perth or if it's a stadium show or an no, arena show. No, it a stadium show. So do you want to do something like that or do you want to like protect your guys for at least one fight? It's an interesting situation they find themselves in. Well, and you got to know that Blahovich fight as, as a sort of soft Test champ- balloon. Soft champion, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. When he goes up and you go, 
Yeah, it's like it's like the GSP coming back to fight Bisping in that movie in the up, middleweight. Yeah, and you go, yeah, I think I think that is because GSP is so much better mm. of a fighter. You right, know, I could take that chance, and you go, bam! I think that's going to happen, right? But to go ah, current in his prime fighter, even even the sort of slightly above average guy, yeah, probably not a great idea. And probably not a great idea. Well, because it, it, it's already done it, right? It's made Adesanya feel less special. Yeah. You took some of the shine off him. For sure. Because, and, and, and nothing is more important to a fighter, especially athletes in general, but somebody who lives with their fists and feet. Yeah. To go, I'm un- I'm un- yep. I'm unbeatable. Now I got this one loss. Oh, I'm unbeatable. Fucking weight pass. Yeah. I felt it. And, and so. Now, to be fair, Volkanovsky's cleaned out his division and he actually, in an interview a week or two ago, had a great line where he said, someone asked him, are you worried that you'll be holding up your division? Because my division's holding me up. Like there's nobody left here for me to fucking, you want me to smash Max Holloway again? Or what are yeah. we doing? Like, so I kind of get it, but it's in a business sense for the UFC, one of your, one of your guys is going to have the shine taken off him here a little bit, but if there's enough money to be made, then. Well, if you're lucky, it'll be, it'll be, I'm set. No, 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 sorry. Makachev. Makachev. Yeah. If that'll be the guy whose shine gets taken off and you're you're left with Volkanovsky as as a sort of uh, multi-division yep. guy. So it's-, it's He as, walks around at like, he used to play rugby, Volkanovsky. He used to walk around yep. like 220, 220. <laughs> yeah. And now he's coming down to 145, like that, 155 will be fine. <laughs> like yeah. Get, yeah. That'll be a breeze, I guess, if you can get to 145. Well, and always Jesus. in those, always in those lightweights and- yeah. Featherweights you're looking at. It's always a, the guy's cutting down to that. But yeah, that is, man, that's a crazy cut. Yeah. And I guess I shouldn't say he walks around now at 220. When he played rugby, he walked around. Like he's got a yep. frame that can support that. And he's a big, big featherweight. <laughs> like it's, well, it's the guys who are, you know, your BJ Pens. Yeah. Again, old school. Yep. Right. Going, oh, I'll fight at featherweight. I'll fight a lightweight. Sure. I'll fight a welterweight. Yeah. If I have to fight a middleweight, I'll do that too. And you're like, <laughs> man, that's a... It's just a choice of lunch tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, do I poop or not? <laughs> uh, we did. As yes, we, wind we did. down this episode. Yes, of, we uh, did, man. And I'm not, uh, and I'm not ashamed. No. Of the poop. passion I brought to Everybody the show poops. today. Yeah. No, it was, uh, it's good to have you back in studio, man. As we've talked about a hundred times, the vibe's better when, uh, when we do these in person. 100%. So. Uh, you'll be back next week as well. So uh, we'll get on a little bit more of a regular routine here. We'll wind things down. Don't forget to uh, give us a follow on social media at Tall Can Audio. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast wherever you're hearing us right now. For Rob, my name is Matt. We'll see you all next time. See ya. I am unhappy with the confusing and at times confrontational nature of that meeting. I wanted it to go better. I wanted it to go better!